to Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Hambly. And together with you, we're Three Heads. Today's dilemma is one I think we're pretty much all facing. (laughs) I I don't, I was going to say, I don't know anyone who's not, but I would say if they say that, they're probably not being honest. Yeah. (laughs) My students have very little reading stamina. So few of them read on their own. And when I ask them to read in class, it's a constant battle to keep them focused on the reading and not using their devices. How can I help my students build up their reading stamina? Oh, if only we knew the surefire answer to this one. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be millionaires. And this just gets worse. The more technology we create and the more years pass by, I think this is a problem that's getting worse instead of better. And yet one more thing that was exacerbated by the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like everybody's attention spans Uh are shortening and everybody's reading attention spans are shortening because there are so many ways for us to consume content that's in bite-sized pieces. And we feel like, oh, I got enough information from that very small chunk of text. So like all important information (laughs) should be communicated to me in this way. And we just have a lot more input coming in than we used Mm -hmm. to, whether it's in the form of text or audi- audible, the, yeah, auditory. I don't know how, which, which version of that adjective you want to use. Um, but I think we just, we have a lot more coming in that mm-hmm. even if we like reading or see value in reading, we're tired. Yeah. Also, as English teachers, we tend to like reading. And so we're naturally inclined to have a longer attention span mm-hmm. for that reading. And so We don't always meet students. We expect them to come to us (laughs) because we have X, Y, and Z to do, and we only have so much time. And it's English, and you, of course, you have to read a book in here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we are going to talk about some ways where you can meet students where they're at, maybe move them slowly in your direction, Mm -hmm. and some ways that perhaps you can just make adjustments on both sides so that we aren't losing on both sides. Yeah, and we get done what needs to be done. One that we really found helpful was when we had novels where we needed to get through a couple chapters and we were playing audio, we started printing out coloring pages for Mm -hmm. students and they could follow along or they could sit there quietly or they could have a coloring page, nothing else on their desk. They weren't supposed to draw like their own thing. It was more just to have their hand busy. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that comes from my own. I hate talking on the phone if I'm not doing something, doing the dishes or on a walk. And Mm -hmm. I have the same struggle with audiobooks. It's very unlikely that I will ever just sit on my couch and listen to something for more than five (laughs) minutes. But if I have something to occupy my hands with that I don't have to think about, I'm a lot more able to sit and endure. And we found that to be the case with our students, Mm -hmm. that a lot of them were better able to pay attention. And it's it's relaxing. And it created this like reading can be a way to be calm for our students. There are lots of teachers who are like, I want my students to have the book in front of Mm -hmm. them. But the thing is, if your students are resistant to reading and they're not following along, which lots of them aren't, then we're sort of just like keeping up this facade for appearances sake. And it might be that your student is more inclined to listen Mm -hmm. 
if you're giving them sort of permission mm-hmm. to say, we don't have to do the fake following along, I'm going to say it's okay for you to do this. And and we were very strict about it. Yeah. We said, you can color these pages. You're not doing your own drawings. You're not doing other work. Mm-hmm. You're not doing those things. You can color these pages and we'll give you plenty of pages to choose from. Students, I think, felt sort of validated in that, okay, she understands I don't want to do this. Or that it's hard for me. Or that it's hard for me and is trying to meet me part way. And so I can reciprocate. Yeah. And I think we're also debating as a bookophile culture (laughs) um, whether audiobooks count as books. And by and large, many people have agreed that they do. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we live in a world now where that is a, I mean, of course, I'm not saying don't teach your students to read, but we live in a world where listening to content is a valid way of consuming and enjoying content. And it's okay to evolve with the times a little bit. And if our students learn that they actually really like audiobooks and they listen to them as adults when they drive, like that's still a win. That's still some of sharing that love of reading that we always want to instill in our students. And I think you have to ask yourself, what's the point of the reading. And maybe in an elementary school, you're not going to say <laughs> audiobooks count as reading because the act of reading is to build a skill. But maybe in your high school class where your students can read, you want them to consume the content and think about the ideas mm-hmm. within that content. And it's not about building the skill of reading. So you can make that adjustment or make that change to your approach Mm -hmm. to teaching literature. (laughs) Another thing that you can do is add in regular independent reading time. I know there's different philosophies about should you do a small amount of time every single day? For us, that just wasn't practical. We preferred to do it one day a week, but we definitely had a sort of like sliding scale of how much a full period of reading was. (laughs) For our AP students, it was like as soon as they came in the door, they Uh were reading. And for some of our struggling readers, it was like, okay, we're going to do our weekly activities, which take up 10 to 15 minutes. And then maybe I'm going to follow up on reminding you about your assignment that we're working on tomorrow or whatever. And it ended up being more like 20 minutes. But to those kids, it felt like they were spending a good chunk of time Mm -hmm. reading. And I think it would have been hard for us thinking of, of that group of students if we had tried to read for 15 minutes every day. I mean, it takes a good five 10 minutes to get Mm -hmm. everyone settled down, Mm -hmm. to make sure they have a book in front of them, to make sure there's nothing else there. And so that worked well for us. We did split the difference. We had one day a week that was a modified day where classes were like 10 minutes shorter, which is not that big of a deal, but it really makes you feel like you're getting nothing done that day. And so it was a nice way for us to make a day that felt a little wasteful sometimes feel Mm -hmm. more valuable. And of course, during that time, the more you can read with them instead of doing other stuff, as tempting as that is, yeah, the better that is for creating the culture. I think there's nothing to more quickly ruin an independent reading day than you as the teacher not yeah. 
reading. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes on those days, I wanted to show like how engrossed I could get in a book. Like I wouldn't even stop reading when they were leaving the class. <laughs> I would just keep reading because I wanted them to see that you can get engrossed in a book. Yeah. If a student who doesn't like reading is looking up to see you who are supposed to be like the lover of literature, right. not reading, you're just sending a real <laughs> unclear <laughs> message. And as with anything, no one is perfect. We no. have good days and bad days, and sometimes it just doesn't work. But yes, yeah. and really, it's good for your self-care and mm -hmm. mental health, too, to have this day where you Especially actually if you like reading. get to do something you love, <laughs> and there's no penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing you can do is make reading stamina the focus of a novel unit. So our end-of-the-year novel was pretty long, and some years we would do a project with it. There were other years where maybe it was just a rough year. Maybe we were a little bit behind where we were like, you know what? We're just going to make the goal of this that we all read a book together and mm -hmm. we got through it. And for some of you, it's the longest book you've ever read. And mm -hmm. we kind of kept the activities simple. We streamlined them. We maybe had a handful of questions for them to answer for the chapter, but we really just made it about the reading. And there's value in that, especially when we have students who don't read and who especially don't read things that are maybe more challenging or longer. And so I think that, I mean, I think there's value in making that your focus all year. That's probably not the most ideal way to run your whole <laughs> class, but to take one of your units and really just say, you know what, we're just going to read for this one. There's something I think worthwhile in that. Yeah. And I would say when you choose to do that, choosing something that is more high interest and less literary mm -hmm. merit. So your English teacher self isn't feeling like, oh, there's so much left unsaid yeah. about this book. So if you have something that you're like, oh, I think my students would really like this and it's worth reading in class, but I don't know just how much there is to say about mm -hmm. it in terms of like literary analysis. Maybe there's discussion to be had and we can do some reflection and things like that. But this isn't like nitty gritty. <laughs> We're doing a lot of like symbolic analysis here. That can be really successful. Also, students tend to be more motivated and you have a little bit more buy-in with those type of books as well. Yeah. Another thing you can do is read together and stop and talk about it frequently. Most students like to be read to, even when uh -huh. they're in high school. And it seems like the more your students struggle to read, mm -hmm. the more they like to hear hear and from you not from you not, not the audio but, but you <laughs> <laughs> they'll come in and tell you we're not like sending you the audiobook right <laughs> you're gonna read it today <laughs> i'm like um i'm no professional these are professionals <laughs> so i think that can be really valuable as well and when you're reading yourself you're much more likely to pause and yeah. reflect on what you just read and and even if you're just showing your students how you think about a text. Mm -hmm. A struggling reader is probably struggling because they don't think about a text yeah. in the same way that you do. So by modeling that, that can be really helpful. If you have a classroom full of readers, they tend not to like it yeah. because you cannot read as fast out loud as yeah. they can on their own. So they're all going to be 20 pages ahead of this you. why I hated it when my <laughs> teachers read aloud to me in school. <laughs> so you do need to know your audience on this one. But if it's students who don't have reading stamina yeah. that we're talking about, this is a 
valuable tool. And I think, you know, you, you talk a lot about modeling our thinking, but I think there's also some value in it too of just removing the barrier of not understanding it. Mm -hmm. So many of our students don't like to read because they don't understand what they're reading. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, pausing to kind of, hey, did everyone, did everyone catch what happened there? Yeah. We're, we're all good. We know what's going on. And then yeah. continue. Sure, that's not necessarily how I would read myself or an approach I want them to emulate, but getting them on board with the story so that oh, okay, I know what's going on. I can pay attention to the next section. That can really help those students as well. When you stop for those reading comprehension checks, like, of course, you want to make sure they understand the important points. But sometimes if it's like there was a joke and nobody <laughs> laughed, stop to explain the joke so they get why it's funny. Or if you're like, oh, that's an illusion too, and you know they didn't get it, then you explain that. So you give them that insight that they may not have bring to the reading themselves. Yeah. Or if it's something that you realize is old, like mm -hmm. if it's something that, and I'm increasingly starting to feel old now, as mm -hmm. I realize like, you know what that is, right? No, you, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, let me explain that to you from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things that the time period makes mm -hmm. it not comprehensible to them. Right. And another way that we are by no means the first people to say this, mm -hmm. but incorporating a first chapter Friday activity to build interest in books in your students. And this can be as simple as choosing a book from your classroom library and reading the first chapter on Fridays to there are activities you can do. You can subscribe to our free <laughs> five first chapter Fridays every month and we'll send you a Nearpod so you can just assign it to students. But it's a really good way to just help students to maybe be interested in a book or yeah. to be excited about a topic to want to know more. Yeah. When you choose those first chapter Fridays, you're not going for the novels of literary no. merit. You're really going for what are you guys going to be uh -huh. interested in? What are you going to respond to? This may not be something I would ever be interested in reading myself. <laughs> this is something by no stretch of the imagination would we ever read as a class. But it's going to be interesting to you. And if you over the course of the year, start to see where your students' interests lie, and then you pander to them yep. with their, your first chapter <laughs> Friday. And maybe you'll convert one to being a reader, and that's, that's you know, time well spent. <laughs> Hopefully, we've given you some suggestions that you can put to use in your classroom. We know we do not have any real answer for you. We just have <laughs> suggestions and things that have worked for us in the past. So hopefully you found those useful. As always, answers may vary. So if you think we got it wrong or we missed <laughs> out on the best reading stamina strategy of all. Well done on that please, tongue twister. <laughs> whew, I had to slow down a little bit. <laughs> please do let us know. If you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.